So it's been amazing how, for the most part, over these last three weeks, our lectionary reading of the day has coincided with the plan that I had to explain, have a Q&A about the Gobi Church, Digital Church plan. If you are with us for the first time, you are at the very end of this three week. This is the last week I'm gonna do this. Next week we'll be back into the lectionary proper and we will be talking about the themes and things that are directly related to that. But today we are in the third and final week of me explaining a transition this church is about to go through. Uh, come July 1st, and even now, as I'm working on it already, our conference, United Methodist Church, East Ohio Conference, we get appointed as pastors, and I have been appointed, along with Niles First UMC, this physical church, to plant a fully digital United Methodist Church for our conference. And when that was announced months ago, lots of questions have come up about what does that mean? And so the last few weeks, I've been giving a little teaching, about a certain aspect of that and then opening the floor up for questions about what it all means. And we've actually had some really good questions that have helped put out a lot of information. So today is the last one we're gonna do and I could not have picked a better scripture for this and this one from First Peter, which is actually part of our lectionary reading selection today about casting our anxieties on God. Because I want to acknowledge openly today something that I think many of us are feeling, including me as I go into this transition, and that is as we gather here today, we are doing so in the season of change. Now, the reality is, is we're always in a season of change. Every day is a season of change. Ain't nothing the same as it was yesterday, right? We're always in a season of change, but this one is big and noticeable. It's really noticeable. And for a lot of folks in this building and worshiping with us online, there is high anxiety about what does this particular change mean for you? And I've talked over the last couple of weeks about the things that are not gonna change, so I'm not gonna rehash all of those here other than to say we are gonna continue on being the church. That's part of the reason why we picked that first hymn today. A couple of you came up to me over the last couple of weeks and said, what you're saying sounds an awful lot like that song. I am the church, you are the church, we are in the church together, and that the church is not a building. It's not a steeple, even though ours is about to cost us a foot and <laughs> the arm and a leg. But truly, the church is the people wherever we are. But the anxiety about what does this mean for me? And I have told you, and honestly so, over the last few weeks about the things that will not change. But we do stand on the precipice of a new chapter in this church's story and in our conference's story, truly. The planting of a new digital church which is both awesome and scary, even for me, and I'm the one doing it. And I know that for many of us, it has brought a mixture of emotions, uncertainty, concern, maybe even a bit of confusion. And these feelings are natural. I've tried to tell everyone who has expressed these, it is okay that you're feeling these things. It is okay to feel these things. They're natural, they are human. And so today, it's divine providence. I can only say that, that today's scripture is what it is on this day where I wanted to turn to First Peter and see if we could get some comfort and guidance out of it, because truly I think we can. In the face of our shared uncertainty, the scripture reminds us, humble yourselves therefore under God's almighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. These words invite us to a beautiful surrender. I think a lot of our anxiety comes from the fact that we want to be in control. We want to be in control, but these invite us into one of the many, many places in scripture 
to surrender to God. It's a reminder that we don't need to have all the answers because we worship a God who does have all the answers. This humility extends to the very change we face right now. Now, we may not see the whole picture. I don't even see the whole picture. But we can trust that our God, the perfect artist, does. Scripture also says, and cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. What a comforting, empowering invitation. Sometimes I think we hold on to our anxiety, again, because we want to be in control, but also because we're not really sure that God cares. We say we believe that, but then we live as though we don't. We say we trust God completely, yet we still look both ways when we cross the street. And I'm not advocating that you don't look both ways across the street, please. Here, here right now. Look both ways, please, because not everybody believes in our God. Okay. Things do happen poorly. But what a comforting, empowering invitation. It acknowledges that we do have worries, both personal and collective, each one of us individually and the church as a whole. Yet it also assures us that we have a loving God willing to shoulder those worries. As we navigate this new journey of planting this new church, let's remember that our concerns and fears are not meant to be carried alone. So they are not meant to be carried alone. I help carry those. God helps carry those. We help carry them for each other. Now, one of the ways we don't carry them for each other is by sitting around in circles complaining. We can sit around in circles and complain and commiserate, but if that's the only thing we do, then we're not actually carrying each other's burdens, we're just heaping them on one another. And that is not healthy. But if as a group we got together and we voiced our concerns and then we let them go to God, that, that is healthy. Our God, who cares for us deeply, invites us to lay our burdens upon Him. Yes, we help carry each other's burdens, but ultimately we do so with the hope and the expectation that we lay those burdens upon God. Scripture also says, And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will restore himself, confirm, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. Restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. That is wonderful. Isn't that a wonderful promise? Despite the uncertainty, God's promise of restoration stands. Whether we are uncertain about it or not, the promise is still there. Just because we don't accept it or believe it to be true doesn't make it untrue. Just because we don't know it exists doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Did I say that right? I think I said that right. It exists whether we believe it or accept it or know it or not. God's promise of restoration stands. And as we embark on this new journey, we can rest assured that God is with us, guiding us, and will establish us firmly in our new direction. Firmly in our new direction. So as I open the floor up to you in a minute, and you ask your questions, should you have any, let us carry these truths in our hearts. Let us embrace the humility that trusts in God's wisdom. Let's cast our cares upon God, and let's hold tight to God's promise of restoration. Let's approach this new journey with hearts full of faith, openness, and anticipation of the good work God will do through us. Through us. Niles First United Methodist Church is positioned to be the tip of the arrow, and I cannot wait to see what that means for the physical church, along with the digital, because what you're doing, your openness of spirit, your trust in God in the conference as a conduit of that, truly marks this church as special. 
Nobody else is doing this. And whether it works or it doesn't work, the experimental spirit, the trusting spirit to say, we got to do something to make this world better, marks this church as special because it means that even in our uncertainty, in our anxious moments, we are willing to be at risk for the gospel. We're willing to be at risk for the gospel. And so I'm, I'm going to open up here in a second, but I want to express you. Somebody, I won't put them on the spot, but somebody said to me, I think I understand what you're doing now. Because there's been this, like, because it's the internet, it's ethereal, it's kind of hard to conceptualize. What exactly does this mean? So they shared this story. They watch a lot of televangelists who go around the world and share the gospel with countries all over the place. And they, when they watch these shows, they see videos of how they're teaching people about Jesus, how they're bettering their lives because of Jesus. And they're going into these spaces and they are preaching the gospel and they're doing missionary work and they're doing all these great things. And they said to me, I think this is kind of like what you're doing on the internet. And I said, it's exactly what we're doing on the internet. We're digital missionaries, planting a digital church, building a digital faith community in all the same ways and more. But so if you need, if you need to understand what it is that, that we are actually doing, we are doing similar work to that. And most of us in this room can understand what that is because we've all seen one of those shows. We've all seen how those people, how missionaries go over there and they, they do the work, they bring the money, they bring the goods, they bring the teaching, they bring the gospel. That's what we're doing on the internet. And the biggest mission field right now is the internet because it's where people live most of their lives. So all of that to say, be not anxious. And if you are, give it over to God. Give it over to God because when you do that will free you up to have the energy and the joy to know that we are about to bring the gospel to our conference and to the world in a way that is not happening a whole lot right now. Amen? Amen.